Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU recruiting fans by Sooners360.com. Each week we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting news and provide opinions and evaluations on all things OU football recruiting. I'm Chris Mason, lead recruiting analyst for Sooners360.com. I'm joined this week by my co-host Caleb Cummings, Sooners360.com talent evaluator and opinion creator. This is episode 58, and we're doing a two-parter again. This is the first part where we're going to focus on recruiting news, and it is titled Total Portal Chaos, which is, I think, pretty much a dead-on accurate title. We'll be doing a second-parter, which will be a second pod episode where we're going to talk a little bit about the OU players that are in the portal, the impact of them, are they making the right decisions, and talking a little bit about how the portal might impact OU's overall bowl strategy, personnel strategy. But this is recruiting. So we're going to lead off with the latest recruiting news. And Caleb, last week we didn't have a verbal commitment to talk about for like the first time in uh, I think like eight, nine weeks. Um, and this week, 2025 is back, giving us a commitment to talk about. And it's an offensive lineman. Yes, an offensive lineman has verbal to OU. Uh, it's the first 2025 uh, member. Uh, that is an offensive lineman. It is Owen Hollenbeck from Melissa, Texas. That should be familiar to you guys. That's the high school of Nigel Smith of the 20,000-seat Taj Mahal uh, high school stadium in Melissa, Texas that they just built uh, that we talked about because that uh, was all about Nigel Smith's commitment. Uh, Owen's a big guy. He's uh, he's he's He sort of has that square refrigerator with legs look to him. He's 6'4", 320, and he is a physical beast. I talked about him last week that his claim to fame is, according to the coaching staff there, he broke two defenders' uh, face masks uh, this season. Uh, So he's a Sooner now. So, Caleb, we talked about him a little bit last week, but can you just give us a quick recap on what you think of OU adding Owen Hollenbeck? who in some interviews is talking about the fact that Bill's pitching him as a center. So wants him to play center. Wow. that's I love that. I had no clue. I should have done more research coming in on this because, like, to me, that's when I watch him, it's maybe one of the more natural spots I see for him. You know, question I have is, you know, is he 6'3", is he 6'4"? It's interesting because when you see him in pads, like you said, he is – Kind of looks like a little bit like uh, like Cooper Beebe from uh, from Kansas State, where yeah. it's you know I, I I don't really mean this literally, but just for you know it's like 
he's as broad as he is tall. Like he is just this big, like refrigerator, like block of mass, you know? And when you see, when you see him in pads, it's that same way. You're like, man, I see him standing next to Bill in a t-shirt. You're like, okay, that's a good looking guy. And you see him in pads, you're like, God, he looks really thick. He's broad. Uh, you see hearing center. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about here, right? I think one of the things with so many, so much of like this three, three, five that you see and just even, you know, odd down fronts, they're putting someone, a, a nose right over your center. And you get a guy like that, that one is already a nasty physical guy and a bit of a mauler, but is, is very clearly, you know, he, you can tell he's a, he's a weight room guy. Uh, you know, and I talked about this, you know, ad nauseum, I think is one of those things like with Creed that helped him so much was just is his physical strength. When he latches on to defenders, it doesn't really matter how big those guys are. They're not gaining ground on him. And then he's just, you know, like a wrestler, he's just got to get his hips flipped and get you turned and you're blocked. Uh, and sometimes it can be that simple, but yeah, I, for, as a, as a center, you know, I'm, I'm all in on that. Like that's, I'll be honest with you, like, uh, as a guard, I like him, you know, and, and again, I kind of a little bit like a Cooper BB in that regard. Uh, so I, I definitely, you know, I definitely like Owen as a guard, but hearing center and then knowing what else is out there in that class, I think you get pretty excited because then you say, well, oh crap. Like if that's your center, he's not playing guard, like your ability to go get four more guys or five more guys, and you're going to have a class that could be you know, from a high school perspective, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I hate to go down that path because there's been a couple of times we've talked yeah, about, just, Hey, this class looks like it could be the, the amazing class. Uh, but yeah. this would probably be the first one where you would turn and say, in Bill's defense there, and I'm not one to defend anybody. Uh, but in his defense, oftentimes when you've, we've looked at and said, this could be a great class, but he's got to go get this kid out of Maryland. He's got to go get this kid out of Florida. He's got to go get this kid out of Houston. Right. And then you fast forward and be like, oh, okay, well, the kid out of Georgia, you know, Maryland went to Ohio State. The kid out of Florida went to Georgia. And the kid out of Houston, you know, maybe Oklahoma is able to get him or he, he goes to Texas. This is a, this looks like a different class. You know, you could, you could, he could sign the best class he's ever signed and not leave the DFW Metroplex. Except for floating up north to, to Kansas to grab Andrew uh, Baba Babalola if he can. Yeah, um, and, and that's what I mean, right? Yeah, just right up the road. It's, right up the road. Yeah, and there's even an in-state kid who hasn't offered yet who we like. We mentioned it before. His name's uh, Blake Cherry at over over Owasso, I believe he was at Owasso. Was it big? I think it was Owasso. That's um, right. Who looks who? Who again? If you've got if you've got Hollenbeck at center and you and you offered Blake Cherry, I would be very happy with Blake Cherry playing guard for OU as a prospect down the road. I mean, that's, that's something that would work definitely for OU because you'd have some other guys at tackle. So it's, it's not, I, I do like, Caleb, I do like the fact that we've now got Josh Bates. We've got Everett Bates and now Hollenbeck. I, I like the fact that Bill is perhaps getting a little bit of a center pipeline going. And, and it's interesting you, when you kind of lay all those guys out, you know, it's one of the things I talked about with Everett that I liked about his tape. And I get, you know, his tape against like the Texas A&M going against Walter Nolan and some of the interior guys Texas A&M has are really good. And that's when he was a you know a freshman at, at App State. But one of the things I liked so much about was the fight in him. 
you know, there were reps where he latched on early. Those guys would get their hands and start to shed him. You know, he would he would reposition his hands and he would keep fighting and keep fighting and get position and and finally win the rep. And you just love to see that grit and love to see it because you know, okay, here's a you know, here's a, a freshman at App State going against a, you know, in some cases it was a junior, senior, or you know, a fre- you know, a, a former five star guy at Texas A&M. Just seeing that fight, you know, okay, well. You know, give him two more, three more years in a weight program and and more experience, and and he, he's likely he won't you know he won't lose the early part of that rep. He may just win the whole thing. And what you're seeing, I think, with what Bill's doing is all the feedback on Bates has been, you know, he's he's wired to get after it. He's you know they're pulling him off and getting in fights. And Hollenbeck looks like you know, no, if he's fighting everybody, it sounds like he's just caving heads in. You know, you see Bill. Uh, is is maybe finding his type of guys like hey I want really physical really competitive guys for these spots and and he's going out and he's attacking those guys and, and landing them yeah so it's I think it's a good it's a good sign for the class takes you up to nine verbals for the class which is crazy to think about um but it's a you know it's a nice addition and as and as lots of other players that they're looking at at, at the offensive line it's it's a in the whole Dallas metro area, there's just a lot of players. They, there's just a lot of talent, a lot of big guys, athletic guys that oh, that Bill could 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 plug in uh, there. So, all right. So this is our EPL update. So we have, I think, okay, <laughs> it's it is the fifth. He is verbally committing on the on the fourteenth. So we have probably one more podcast where we talk about he's about to make a decision. So. But the, the, the key thing here, I think, Caleb, is Bill was in his home. And then he's making an announcement that he's he's committing. So I think OU finally got the right message with mom. And I think Bill was also probably able to say on that in-home visit, next week I'm going to be offering portal guys. If I If the right portal guys go... I might lose this last high school spot I have. If I find a young portal offensive lineman I really like, you know, like a Tyler Guyton, um, uh, we'll get to the portal names later. But there's a there's a there's a Arkansas young offensive lineman from Arkansas that's in the portal that's interesting. Um, big guy. So I think maybe OU finally had the the right message for mom about development and maybe just the right bit of leverage to say it, it, if you want to be a sooner, it's, it's time to, it's time to grab your spot because I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, the portals opening. And if I can, if I could find a really nice young Tyler Guyton, like offensive lineman, I might not have a spot if you're going to push this out too much longer. So all signs pointing towards OU probably having won this battle. Now, we'll wait for the full update a- until he actually verbally commits to OU. But I'll give you guys a teaser. I'm going to have Caleb ready to look at his senior film. And his senior film is something freaking else. He's He is mauling people and running at 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 a pace I don't think someone his size should be should be moving at. He's his senior film is really, really good. So that's the tease. And we'll let Caleb go into it deeper once he's committed. But Caleb, it looks like maybe Bill has a win here. 
and um, I think it could. I think it could be a big one. So we'll we'll put a button in that topic. We'll come back to it when he verbals, but and I'll give you a chance to to get a chance to look at his senior film, take a look at it all. I mean, I, there's like seven personal fouls in it easily. <laughs> I, you know, it's, I've, it's, I've watched it's like, it. It's like, the, it's like the Eugene Brooks film, right? Where they just gave him a personal foul because it's like, just stop beating up people, okay? Yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of which, Eugene Brooks' senior film is it the the difference between his his movement, like he's yeah. just continued to drop weight and get in, in just better shape. He moves uh, and he's doing some things. What was the big Trey? What is it, Trey Allen? The big five-star yeah, yeah, kid yeah, out yeah. of Texas that had that club move. Yeah, I just see in some of the small stuff that Brooks does. Um, I, he he could be. He's kind of a, <laughs> so much has happened in the portal opening up and a thousand kids, literally a thousand and eighty kids going into first day. All that stuff you get. It seems like these kids that are high school get lost. Then you watch his film. You're like, golly, like. Trey, oh, like Brooks oh, you looks just, really good. Oh, you looks just really offered good. a twenty twenty five defensive lineman I've never heard of. <laughs> like, there's no film on him. Nothing. I've never heard of him. Oh, he's probably really good then. If there's exactly, no film, there's probably, you know, he's gonna it's gonna he's, be like when they like when they offered McKinley, like who's this? And it's like, yeah, oh, it's, well, and he's he's <laughs> and and again he's. You know, when they, it's like when they offered PJ and they were avoiding like the three guys that we thought they should have been taking instead, right? The the DC guy, the other St. Louis guy, and they're like, and they're taking, they're focused on PJ. We're like, well, who the hell is this kid? This guy has, I mean, he's from Minnesota. He's 6'5", 270, and I can't find any film on him. But, it, oh, you just offered him out of absolutely nowhere. You're like, okay, yeah, that, that has, to, that guy's got to, yeah, that guy's going to be a, Gonna be a, all of a sudden you're gonna like watch Miami, Ohio State, Michigan, like what an entire parade of teams offer him. But anyway, back to EPL. We'll go deeper on his film. His his senior film is again. He's like uh, like Eugene Brooks. He's he's there's personal fouls all over it. It's a little bit like I never got a chance to see Duke Robinson in high school. I'm sure Duke Robinson's high school film was a constant constant. You know. Uh, parade of personal foul penalties that, that, that they weren't calling because uh, he was probably just burying kids in Atlanta football where he played. Um, so uh, it was a big high school playoff weekend for OU recruits. So we're going to get to the bad news first. Yeah. Andy Bass blew his knee out. He says he's got damaged meniscus and he tore his ACL. This is the second year in a row that an OU player I was it. It wasn't the championship game that Eric McCarty got hurt in last year, right? He blew. Yeah. Oh, was I, he the, so I don't know. I think it was the semifinal was game. Semi, I okay, think semi, semi. But, yeah, but yeah, it's I almost it the exact same game. situation, though, right? He's leading his team. He's everything. His uh, heritage hall is up twenty-eight-seven. He gets hurt, and then is it Lincoln Christian? I think that's what it was called. It was Ellen? It was like LC Academy, something like that. I'm not sure. But um, and they score like forty five points in a row after he's out because it's like it's like his team realized, oh, Andy Bass is done. Yeah, we're we're screwed. So it's like yeah, when you watch that, it was like the high school version of and 
not to scale, obviously, yeah. not to scale, but high school version of of Cam Newton. Because it, yeah, it was like when when Harris when Harris Hall is going to run the ball, it's going to be Andy Bass, and he's obviously he's the quarterback, so he's he throws the ball really well. Yeah, um, and there was some talk of some teams looking at him as a quarterback, as a dual threat guy. Uh, yeah, man, you hate that because honestly, like I you know I've I think I've joked on the board, but I'm not really joking when I would say this, right? It was like, you know, it's going to, he's going to be the guy that's going to piss some people off because he's going to come in at running back and he's going to, within the, a month or two months, he's going to jump multiple scholarship players and he's going to be getting reps. And it's always going to be like, well, how come that five star, how come that high four star kid's sitting on the bench and, you know, this white walk on is playing? And I was like, well, it's because he's rushing for 100 yards. Uh, so, and you hate that. You hate it. I guess, you know, if there is silver lining, he is, I've seen some of his, his things on social media. He's got some things where it's, uh, you know, it like, uh, almost like a day in the life of they follow right, around right. and things like that. He's really, I mean, you can look at him physically and tell that he's into nutrition and weight training, but he's also really into recovery. So you just hope it's not no issues. It's a clean. They can get in, fix it. And, uh, you know, you would trust that he's the type of kid that will get in there and, and do the rehab and that it doesn't have any impact, you know, down the line. Cause he, he's, he's got the potential to be a really, really good player. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not the Oklahoma like newspaper state player of the year on offense. I won't be surprised yeah, I at think, all. I think, I, I think they do Gatorade player of the year for each state. Right. And yeah. I, would, I would, I would suspect he will probably likely be the Gatorade Oklahoma player of the year. I mean, something like that. Uh, small school, yeah. big school, depending, depending upon, I remember the Tulsa world would do small school, big school stars. Oh uh, yeah. Like I remember that. that. I don't know if they still do that, but anyway, so, all right, that's the bad news. So let's focus on the good news because elsewhere, Sooner verbals were just stars out there. And the first one is Michael Hawkins went off on Friday night. He, in a, in a playoff game, so every, some people have been saying, and they're probably accurate, that his district wasn't that good, right? But he's now far enough into the playoffs. This is his fourth playoff game. He's far enough into the playoffs. He's playing South Oak, South Oak Cliff next weekend, this weekend coming oh, wow. up. So he's playing like the the banner school, um, really of that of that group and area. So he's playing good teams at this point. And Caleb, he looked fantastic. He went off for like four hundred and fifty total yards, six touchdowns. He looked as good throwing the ball as he did running the ball. Uh, he looked fantastic. And the thing I loved was Caleb with a couple of the highlights. You can see him working up into the pocket to complete the throws. He's throwing from the pocket inside the offensive structure, and he's moving. He's recognizing pressure and moving up into the pocket to complete the throw, which is like, to me, that's like, okay, that's what you, that's like one of those, you know, when you talk, when you see the guys, you know, I sort of respect like Olavsky, you know, ESPN guy, that's sort of one of those things he sort of mentions, right? Like, you know, pocket awareness moving away from pressure and moving up and completing the pass that, you know, that's like one of those, one of those sort of high end skills he looks at. When and you watch this, his, uh, so when you watch Hawkins's tape from this past week uh, and they played Colleyville heritage. So really good, a really good DFW Metroplex yeah. team. Brand, brand know, they, name. They're always good. Brand nine. They pump out, you know, uh, gosh, what is, isn't the, the kid that went to Stanford, Plays yes, yes. first round draft pick, defensive lineman. You know, he's a Colleyville Heritage. So was uh, 
Cody Thomas, Major League Baseball. So, I mean, they pop out some kids. It, but it was the little things you could see where his his coaching had, had boiled over into what he's doing on the field because – to your point, it wasn't just evading because he's a better athlete and throwing off platform and doing these. He did have a couple of like, hey, he stepped up away from it and was off platform and flicks one. But there was a lot of stuff you watched him where he was like, it was like he was doing a drill in the pocket, right? He was sliding, keeping his, you know, his hips and his feet set underneath him and then delivering the ball. And uh, I don't know, I, you know, the last, so, the week before they beat Wichita Falls, they beat Ryder High. A good Ryder, school. Wichita another, another really good school. good school. Pumps out, you know, Division One players is running back. I think it's at USC. There was a receiver back in the day. I say back, not that long ago, ten years ago maybe. That was a top one hundred kid that actually was committed to OU. And then if you remember this, like he just ended up enrolling at Texas Tech yeah, <laughs> over yeah. December. Ended up going there, but you know, they pump out. Uh, they're always just a really good team, really good program. And they put up 55 and like 56 on those two. It's just been uh, – I feel a little bit bad. Uh, maybe I shouldn't, right? I'm, I'm wrong a lot. you know. But we had like some concerns coming out of his of his junior tape. Was just, a lot of it was just not good. You, you know, the hot, he was – you were seeing highlights. The numbers really fell off. You know, sophomore, he blew up, flashed. Junior year and Allen, don't know what happened. I think there was an exodus of some kids like David Hicks and some others, and and Allen's in a really tough district, and uh, you know a lot of kids have gone to schools around Allen that used to be going to Allen, and they're you know maybe beating up on them a little bit. That wasn't great, but what he's doing now at Emerson kind of makes you forget about it. And, it, you know, the other thing it makes you do, I guess, is, and I don't know, I think Rivals is releasing their updating rankings. It makes me look at it and be like, gosh, if he's not, you know, a top 250 kid. They've kept, you him, absolutely- they've kept him 250. It's the other services. Okay. Uh, Rivals just re-ranked him and he's exactly where he needs to be. Top 200 kid, top yep. 20 quarterback. The other services dropped him because of his junior year stuff. And I don't think they've really, I don't, they, ha- they haven't watched the film you and I watched last weekend because if they did, they'd be moving him up. Yeah. So I'm interested, I'm interested to see how he gets reevaluated because when you go off of the senior tape, you're like, gosh, you know, and I think when we did the quarterback breakdown, you know, I, and I, I, I do, I, I still, you know, Zerbrug is, I think a really good player. Uh, you know, I think it brings up an inter- interesting conversation. You know, if, if Booty stays, you maybe you stay pat at quarterback. Do you feel good about Hawkins is going to come in 6'3", 200 pounds, or Brooks 6'4", 220, <laughs> you know, and both of them can run? Uh, do you feel good about, hey, you know, I, I, I think some of the things I've seen from both of them in uh, – you know, I think you maybe you feel good about you drop those two kids in a competition. One of them rises up, and, and maybe is that guy. It's, it's you see Hawkins' dad's comments uh, over the weekend. You know, someone said, ask him about you know Mike, you know showing out like that and showing that he's got the ability to come in and you know sit behind Jackson Arnold and learn. And his dad, you know, former corner at OU, you know, he's not. He's not going in there to try to set behind anybody. He's competed his entire life, and he his plan is to go in and compete and try to be the guy, you know, at, at Oklahoma. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think we all feel like it's going to be Jackson. I wouldn't bet on, on Mike being that guy, but his, the improvements he's made 
over the last year. And they, they started in the spring. We you talked about it. Yeah. Like you kept pointing out, like, hey, you know, he, he would you would post on the board, be like, hey, look at him this week. Every week he was at a different camp, and every week he was going out there and winning. You know, he's an athlete, he's an athletic guy, but he was winning the throwing competitions. And he was putting himself out there, like, you know, he was putting himself out there for coaching and and also he looks you can also the the other thing is when he was running the ball, I was like, he's physically put on some good weight. He looks Yeah. He looks, he looks bigger. He looks, you know, I'm just, you know, I know his, his brother who he's looking at a cornerback and you know, his, his dad's pedigree there. I mean, his brother, if he's the same size, that same sort of speed, it's going to be, he's going to be one hell of a cornerback prospect for 25. Um, yeah. yeah, just happy that Mike's had a good year, put the Allen stuff behind him. There was some ugly off the field stuff as well. Yeah, um, I forget about that. And there you was, know, um, so that's, that's the good news. Then the other, the other, then a nice one, one play highlight. All I needed to see: Zion Kearney is back from his ankle injury. I think he thought it was going to be season ending, but he's back. So they throw him just a simple, you know, short pass, and then he just looks fantastic on the hoof. He just takes it fifty-five yards for a touchdown. He looks like a million dollars. But the classic part, Caleb, is as he's running through the end zone. I didn't notice this the first time. He's doing horns down. And I'm like, why is he doing horns down? Because he's running right towards Emmett Jones, who's seated on who's seated on like <laughs> some stone some stone. It's like work. a stone in, yeah, yeah, stone in the very back of the end, the end zone. zone. And Emmett Jones is sitting there. He runs into the end zone. He's already scored and he's doing horns down. And then he gives and then Emmett, he gives Emmett, you know, two slap fives, and Emmett is just laughing. Because he's obviously there to watch Zion. It's just, it's a great little moment. Uh, if you guys have not seen it, Zion just 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 Google Zion Kearney Emmett Jones highlight, and you'll find it. It's it's a great moment. It's if you haven't seen Emmett Jones um, in the OU DNA video where he's talking with his guys on the sideline, you can just, you know, Caleb, you can just tell his wide receivers love playing for Emmett Jones. Yeah, you, you just I, I, you just see that clip where those guys are all cutting up with him, and he's all oh, like, yeah. and he's you know you can see Gibson's behind there, and Nick Hare, you know Nick Anderson. You can just tell his guys love playing for him, and you can just see Zion Kearney's just like, man, I, did you just see what I did? And he's just he's giving him a slap five, and it's just a great, you know, every once in a while, it's, you know, there's so much changes in college football, and we won't go all Pollyanna, but it's you know. It's, it's sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard not to be cynical about what's going on. And we're about to get to the portal stuff where we can be as cynical as we <laughs> need to be. But it was just a refreshing kind of like joyful kind of, you know, somewhat pure moment in this morass of NIL dollars, portal numbers and everything else. It was just like a snapshot of like, you know, here's a kid excited about that his coach is watching him score a touch you know his future coach is excited about watching him score a touchdown so you know just a a a brief brief moment of unadulterated like okay this is what college football should really sort of be about a little bit but yeah yeah we could go down that i i I mean you go down that you know to be a little norman rockwell you know uh you know sort of uh you know spin 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 you know Traditional yarns there, so but it was a nice. I moment. would say, like you can sum it up in if you've ever seen Blue Chips, the movie, 
Yeah. There is. Have you seen that movie? No, no, yeah. The, oh, yeah. End, the end scene where Nick Nolte's character has his press conference after they play and beat Indiana. And he has the meltdown, right? And he says, like, this ain't about basketball. This ain't about education. Sure as hell ain't about winning. You know, it's just about GD money. That's it. But to leave that alone, I, I agree completely. In that clip, one of the small things that stuck out to me, like not the Kearney piece, but the Emmett Jones piece of how engaged all the receivers were, was watching LV Bunkley Shelton and his interaction with that group. You know, there's a guy that's in his fourth year, you know, essentially a senior, right? Transferred from Arizona State and had a really you know, his first year was the COVID year, but 2021, he went out and he had like 550 yards or whatever it was receiving at Arizona State. He top looked one, like top a guy. Top 150 kid in the country, four star. Top one. Big program. At a, I think out of, like, was it out of the uh, Juniper Sarah, right? Yeah, a big I think program in California. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just a guy you would have said, like, hey, and I still, I think in an air raid system, I think if Oklahoma with Seth, if he gets some of the intermediate passing game on track, because like that's a everybody and we're not. We get, we get back to the we get here. back to the traditional broils, Shepherd kind of slot stuff. Gets, get Buckley, a slot. Buckley can, Shelton could feed all day on that stuff. Yes, he could have another five hundred yard type season. You know, and I don't know if he's returning or if he's going, but just seeing him how engaged he was in those clips. Like I think you're right. I think it's. Speaks volumes to all the guys that have committed to Emmett and kind of continue to line up for him. Because uh, seeing that, yeah, you said seeing a fourth year senior that's not playing very much over there, fully engaged, like loving on his teammates, happy, you know, having a blast, you know, in a in a game. Uh, it was like, okay, there's for a Emmett's, position for a position keep that, that guy for the position that has wide receiver has. I mean, you only have to look at the NFL and. I mean, wide, wide, wide receivers, you, you get some personalities and egos in that room, right? I mean, <laughs> I think we're yeah. being kind of gentle, to, gentle to use that description, right? Um, so it was, it was a nice little clip from Zion. If you can find it online, it's a great little one. So the other news is Carl Albert just – they won another title, Kayla, but it's just ridiculous. Um, Kevin Sperry went like 9-9 nine and nine in the first half. He looks great throwing the ball. He looks good running the ball. Xavier Robinson had some nice receiving yard, receiving plays. And then he takes a, you know, and he houses a run 64 yards. And then Marcus James, who we love, who I think is woefully underrated right now, flying all over the field, smacking people. And he is just, I mean, he's like barely scratched like five, he scratched like 5% of what he could be. I mean, it's just, his runway, as you always mention, is just ridiculous. And then Trene Washington, who wants to play tight end at Oklahoma, and you and I desperately want him to play Cheetah, had two interceptions. So, Trene, just just think about Cheetah for us, all right? Because, you know, your frame is, 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 is perfect for that hybrid athlete, linebacker safety thing the NFL loves. So, um, yeah, it really is. And then you have the last, not a verbal, but a target, Nate Roberts, the tight end from Washington, Oklahoma. So uh, this was reported on Sooner Scoop and a couple other places. So at the game, Caleb, there were like four members of the OU staff, Ohio State staff, and Penn State staff were at Washington, Oklahoma, watching 2A football, watching Nate Roberts. And Nate Roberts scores a touchdown, and he throws horns down. So. 
I'm not sure Ohio State and Penn State are really maximizing their mileage and car rental miles, getting themselves to uh, to Washington, Oklahoma. But um, Nate Roberts again is having a, a great year, and he's they're they're in the they have a state final game coming up uh, this weekend um, against uh, against OKC Millwood, where OU verbal oh. Jaden Nickens. Uh, had a walk-off 77-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to win their semifinal game. And you can watch that. That was wild. You can watch that again. I'll find it on YouTube. Jaden Nickens touch, you know, kickoff return. You'll find it. It was a great, it's a great play. And you can hear kind of like the high school announcer for uh, kind of calling it and kind of losing it a little bit. Like, he's going to, is he going to go? And I mean, and it, and it, it was a hell of a run because he had to run through traffic. And then outrun three guys that had an angle on him. They, I mean, they had a real angle on him. They did not. They should have made the tackle, and he just, he just outran them into the end zone. It was exact. I would say, you know what? I mean, when I was watching that, uh, I was laying in bed. My wife's like, "What? What's going on?" I was like, "Oh, you know, I saw it on Twitter. Someone had posted it, and uh, it's exactly what you'd expect in the sense of like in a high school football game. It's like, okay, look, you know." <laughs> Almost every kid on that field is is going to go and, and have professional careers in things outside of football, right? Jaden Nickens has the potential to go have a professional field uh, career in the game of football, and, and before he transitions to, you know, a, a life uh, professional life outside of it. And it was like, don't kick it to that guy, you know, because he's different than everybody else on the field. And they kick it to him. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm different. I'm different. I'm different. Yeah, it just takes it, you know, 77 yards. It's just wild. The team goes up, 12 seconds left, Pooch kicks it, and he finds a way to get it. And just to go win it like that was, uh, I think, from a competitive standpoint as well, like not just the, hey, you're a great athlete and you're, and you're these things. It was, it, it speaks, I think, to something about, you know, it, going to fight for it until the very end and I'll find a way. So I think you'd love to see that as well. It's a little bit like um, you know, to, 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 show, to, to show my age, like Hoosiers, right? At the very end of Hoosiers, like you know, he's scheming a play to like get it to somebody else and everybody in the you know, everybody on the team is like Dude, man, we need to give it to Jimmy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy's like, I'll make it. I'll make it. It's like, you know, just don't kick okay. it. Don't kick it to Nickens. Why? Because he'll freaking run it back. Oh, oh, okay, all right, and then you kick it to me like, ah, oh, shit, all right. So anyway, that was some great, some great high school football playoff action. Uh, a lot of sooner, sooners involved, sooner targets, and sooner verbals. So it was good to see. So we're gonna end the. This is sort of the way things should be. You know, the joyous moments of of high school games ending on a kickoff return and coaches, high school players having a great moment with their high school coaches. So we're going to end the what I would call the the pure football, the pure what it's football supposed to be. enjoyment that it's supposed to be. We're going to we're going to move away from the from the the beautiful scenic vist, vistage of that, and we're now going to take ourselves into the swampy, carcass-filled uh, morass that is the portal. So, Kayla, oh, it's bad. Let's just let's just start with let's just try and sift out the first group of information we can because guys it's been nuts crazy caleb you said 1100 kids i heard that on sirius xm as well in the first 24 hours i think 
Yeah, first first day it was open, uh, just under it was like ten eighty, so just under eleven hundred FBS. Yeah. Okay, so that's not counting FCS, Division Two, all those other things. The number for all division, five thousand kids. It's basically that's just wild. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, you know, in the, in the, you know, like to go on that tangent of like why it's bad. Right? Well, just Division yes. One. How many of these? That's thirteen full football teams have just thirteen full full, just full rosters have just walked away. And the thing is, you know, uh, like there's a trickle down impact that happens to a lot of these high school kids that are having great senior years that aren't going to get scholarship offers because yeah. insert school is going to take you know this transfer from what Florida, right? Hey, it was a there's a you know redshirt freshman offensive line from Florida. Why are we going to take you? We'll take him. Uh, you know, the other part of that is, and I think there's been studies done on this and. I forget what the number is, but it's it's rather high. It's like twenty or like forty or thirty. It's somewhere you know, let's say thirty to forty percent of the kids of all kids that have entered the portal since what is it twenty twenty when this thing first kind of popped open. Yeah, yeah. That have landed nowhere. Like you think about how many guys have transferred from Oklahoma since Brent got there that were Lincoln Riley recruits that you're like, hey, where's Alton? Where's Alton Tabor at? Where's that Cavanti Henry at? Where's like they're nowhere. These guys had a full athletic scholarship to get a free degree at the University of Oklahoma, and they walked away from it with with and no academic other, support to help them get that with degree. academic support. To get, it's like, that, hey, that an undergrad doesn't have. I mean, someone who's are you going to class? Know, yeah, are, voice. You, are you getting your papers? Ready? I could go on a tangent on like the value of that because I yeah, knew yeah. people that like tutored folks, like in, you know, in, in in calc and things like that, and it's like you know. The just the 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 pure like uh, academic aid that they get is tens of thousands of dollars annually. They walked away from all of that and thinking they were gonna oh I'll just go get another spot somewhere. No, you didn't. You didn't get a spot anywhere. You I mean literally gave up an ed- a free education under the whim of. Well, I'll just go somewhere else. Everybody else is, or somebody got in their ear and said, "Hey, you should go play for this school, or you should take an NIL deal here. They'll give you money." It's like, well, no, a thousand kids entered. <laughs> you were one of the kids without any film. Like you're not getting, you're not going anywhere. No, no, st- no stats, nothing. Um, all right, so let's let's filter the filter the muck and get to the 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 meat of at least trying to talk about this a little bit in a detailed manner. So. Caleb, we know of four players right now that OU has offered, and it's a shock to no one that three of them are offensive line. We strongly and there could be more. We think we that think, like, right, yeah, the we, Mexico kids, yeah, CJ. Yeah. yeah, we think more, but we just haven't we haven't heard anything about them. They because here's the issue: unless the kid goes on Twitter and tells us, we don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. So, so we think. So we know that OU needs a tight end. At least two or three offensive linemen, two to three defensive linemen, defensive ends, depending upon what they can find, and they'd like a cornerback. And with some of the running back stuff going on, if there's an impact running back you could find out there, grab him. If not, which one may have entered? We'll get we'll get before the, we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. But yeah, so but the four names we know that OU have offered three are offensive linemen. The first one is Spencer Brown, the offensive tackle from. Michigan State, 
He's a five-year player. He's been using his COVID super senior year next year. Bill went to go visit him. He's got a lot of experience. He's played a lot. Um, I don't know that this – he was actually pretty – he was pretty well-ranked coming out of high school. Um, top 300 type, type, type rating. Not, not, not top five. Top 300. So, you know, there's – he, obviously, somebody said that, you know, well, Michigan State was terrible last year. I'm like, they were. Um, they were about as terrible as Stanford was. So do with that, and did do you with see, that comparison what you, I had to, what, what you will, what you will, during, right? Do with that comparison what you want. But if you want to during say, the, if you uh, look at Big Ten Championship, there was the, they showed the Nugent, the center from Stanford that transferred to Michigan. And they showed like in 728 snaps this year, he's allowed zero pressures and graded out as one of the top centers. So, you know, there's a, uh, yeah, that, that entire Stanford offensive line that can only win one game is all going to be playing in the NFL. <laughs> it's only, only, only someone said the Michigan state's only rushed for like, only rushed for like 107 yards. I'm like, yeah, Stanford only rushed for 90 yards with three offensive linemen, four offensive linemen that are playing power five, top 25 team football. So, yeah. What what do you what do you want me to do with that? I mean, you know, I, I I'm with you, but so and I'm not saying Spencer Brown is is elite. I'm just saying he's played a lot. There's a lot of film where he's played Michigan and Ohio State, right? And probably and Iowa. Iowa and if you watch the Big Ten championship game, you realize Iowa has a really good defense. But you also realize that as good as their defense, that's how bad their offense is. It's like it's like <laughs> it's it's like polar forces attacking each. It's like it's, you know they can't come. You know it's like polar forces dragging to the to the to the different. It's like two poles of the you know that they they they, they push push each other apart so far. Um, the next one is also from Michigan State is Gino Vandemark. He is a redshirt sophomore, I believe. Of, my numbers are right, and he's played a lot as well. So he's 6'5", 320, so he's a big guy. Um, big guy. He would probably fit in at offensive guard, which we think would be – that would be fine, right, if he can get some more depth and competition there. And if he's got two years, we don't mind that, right, because we don't have any senior and junior offensive linemen because of the way Riley mismanaged the OU roster. And Bill made some mistakes in the guys he took, but he also – we also have some roster. Well, that, that, that's just that's. I mean, and, and truthfully, like that's just that is the probability of any player. No player has a hundred percent probability yeah. of panning out, yeah. and so that's just. So if yeah. you sign four guys, two can pan out, right? But if you only sign two, and you miss with two, then the class is a complete failure. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um. You know. But that's that's just the odds. So if you only sign two, you know, and then so far Jake Sexton looks like it's a winner. Jake Taylor, we don't know, but if Jake Taylor pans out, then the next class he hits two for two. But the problem is it's only four guys in two years instead of ten guys, right? So you get yep. five players instead of two. So it's just a numbers crunch there. But it's Gino Vandermark. And then um I knew I knew this kid was getting off for the moment I entered his I put together a hot <laughs> a hot a uh, portal um uh uh you know, I, I put together a quick portal summary for our for our message board users. If you're on our message board, you know I put it together for you guys. It's a, you know, it's just a quick sheet of the guys we think 
OUs involved with, and do they have OU offers? And this guy showed up, and of course, now he has an OU. I, but when I was typing his name in, I'm like, please don't offer this kid. And then, of course, he got an offer. He's from North Texas. He's an offensive guard. He's a big kid. He was a freshman All-American. He's been banged up a little bit. Remember, Seth Luttrell coached him. So OU has a connection here. So in terms of their due diligence and background, OU's got a little bit of an edge here, right? Because Seth coached him. He knows how he played. And Seth knows something about offensive line play. He does. Yeah. So to help to help Bill out. So it, so I, I can't stall any longer. It is, I believe it is Fabeki, Fabechi, no 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 way woo. Or way woo. Maybe the end's silent. I'm gonna go with Fabeki. I bet it's not. I'm I would say you were right for no way woo. Well, I don't know that I'm right, but um we'll we'll go with it's um Fabeki Nuewu. So he's at North Texas. He's an offensive guard as well. If you, he's again, he's got two years to play. I don't have a huge problem if OU took an extra portal offensive lineman who has a couple of years to play. So those are the four guys that we know OU has offered. So they are interested in them because you're not offering someone in the portal if you don't think they'll take a spot. Sorry, I got one last That's name. Right. Uh, it is Des Malone from San Diego State. He's a cornerback, he's a big guy. 6'1", 200 pounds, and in one game, he had four pass breakups. So he's he he looks – he was all – for their conference, he was all conference. So he looks – he looks – I've seen him – I've seen a brief, small video of him. He looks good on the hoof. So, all right. But, Caleb, we're pretty sure the, that three or four other – at least three other names have offers. We, we're pretty sure Jalen Conyers – has an offer, OU is probably working through how to get him re-enrolled if he wants to choose OU. Yeah. Okay. Potentially Mark Redmond, the uh, tight end San Diego State. He, yeah. He might have an offer. Again, Jaquan Scott from Southern Miss. We think he has an offer, offensive tackle. We think J.C. Davis from New Mexico who's very silent on social media. Um, we think he probably has an offer as well. So what that tells me is tight end, cornerback, and O-line are their biggest priorities. They, and they're going hard and aggressive with some guys that they're identified. And we can, and everybody can have their own opinion. Pro Football Focus has opinions on these offensive linemen. And I... It, it, pro football focus is a little all over the place sometimes when it comes to O line grades, but yeah, but um, a lot of these guys are getting good offers from other places, uh, and the O line everyone's looking for O line. Nobody, I mean, everyone thinks Bill is bad and Bill has his issues. We've gone over that, but other than maybe Georgia, maybe Alabama, at times no, no one likes their O line process that much. That O line develop. No one likes. Everyone is in the portal looking for O line. I mean, no one has. Well, no one has enough O line. Likes their O line. It's it's you know. I listen to Gabe and Teddy their podcast. Shout out to those guys. And often when Gabe is doing the review of OU's upcoming opponent, he's like, "Man, their O line is terrible. Man, this their O line is." You, I think he went like eight weeks in a row trashing their O line. He sort of liked Texas's O line. 
And then he got to West Virginia. It was funny. He goes, to West, I love this O-line. This O-line's great. And that's the team OU, you know, just pounded. It was like, okay. And defensively, they played just, they played, you know, they played a perfectly good game against them. So it's kind of funny. Like, the one O-line he liked, OU kind of handled it, whereas they struggled, you know, with O-lines he didn't think was very good. So, but to that point, everybody is in the portal. So OU's being aggressive. They're getting offers. They're visiting people. I think they, I think for O-line, they're being as aggressive as they can. At tight end, I think they're probably being as aggressive as they can. Cornerback, I think they would like to go after the Toviano Pride, the Clemson kid, if he's available. But he's he entered the portal with basically a do not call tag on it. When you enter Which the, means he knows where he's going. Well, yeah. So, um, so I or think he knows what coaches he's going to play for, and he's going to call them himself. Exactly. Which, I mean, exactly. It could, it be, could be. Could be. Way, it could right? be Brent. It could be yeah. Brent, or it could be the guys at Missouri, or it could be the guys maybe at FSU. I don't know. So, oh, yep. you sort of in the involved there. I don't think until they know Billy Bowman's status. I don't think OU's looking for a safety. If Bowman leaves, then you want a safety. If not. I think you can run with what you have. Um, but a cornerback, they, they clearly want a cornerback. So um, two other names to think about. There's no, I don't know if they have offers yet. Chris McClellan's in the portal. The UF, the Florida defensive tackle from Owasso. Uh, he was 6'3", like 280 coming out of high school, and he's now listed at 6'3", 320. So he's put on some weight. He's now a he would be a big defensive tackle. His stats are not too dissimilar for Dijon from that the same that Dijon Terry put up at Tennessee last year. Uh I don't know if OU's gonna make an offer or not. Um he he probably needs some 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 Schmitty weight room. Uh lose lose some lose some lose some weight, add some lose some bad weight, add some good weight back. So that's a possible defensive tackle. OU's been talking with Thor, Griffith. The defensive tackle from Harvard, um, and then a name hit the portal. If they want a defensive end, edge player, Trey Moore from UTSA hit the portal. Uh, he has fourteen sacks and seventeen and a half tackles for loss. He only had like fifty tackles, so his tackle for loss ratio is is a little absurd. So those are some other names that have sort of floated in there um, that I think OU would consider. Um, there's a, there's a tight end from Florida, Jonathan Odom, who got hurt this year, who some people are saying might also be something somebody else OU considers. Uh, there's a tight end at Virginia Tech, very productive, uh, Marquand Wright, I believe is his name. And then we have, um, it's, it's, it's it Blake Dabney from Baylor is also in the yeah, portal. Drake. Sorry, Drake, Drake Dabney. Drake Dabney. Um, is also in the portal. He had a really productive year, so productive that uh, Jake Roberts, Nate Roberts' brother, was kind of the the second tight end for them. Um, didn't get as much action because um, Dabney had such a good year. So Caleb, it, it looks to me like OU is is being aggressive. We wanted them to be aggressive and trying to find the best players. I think for the most part they're doing that. At least an offensive line tight end and, and at corner, they seem to be being fairly aggressive. Yeah, no, I mean, thus far, I haven't seen anything that I would disagree with. I really like kind of everything that they're doing. I, you know, I think there's 
the kid out of Florida State that hit the portal today or is going to, the Patrick Payton, the defensive end, which yeah. is shocking. He's like 6'6", 240. He had a heck of a game against Louisville. I think he's one of their better edge rushers. My first, I, I put there in our in our you know chat. I my guess was I wonder if Georgia hasn't reached out and tried to poach him. Just given I think all the analytics came out of the the Georgia Alabama game, and it was kind of what everybody realized. And Kirby talks about it. Georgia's not real twitchy and quick on the edge. They've you know got some big guys that are you know strong can hold up, but not, not those twitchy guys maybe they're going to reach out to him. But as it pertains to Oklahoma. I mean, you know, the offensive linemen that you went through, you know, whether it's Gino Vandermark or, uh, you know, or Fabechi Nawewu, right? Like those are guys that can play inside. So Vandermark, he's played center and he's played guard. Uh, he's an interesting guy. You, know, you can watch some film of him. He rotates a little bit. In Oklahoma, Bill follows one of the other kids that he follows like three of the, yeah, of, yeah. you know, of Michigan State guys, uh, and you know I'm a I just, I'm a fan in general most times of, of Big Ten offensive linemen because it's kind of what you get is six five three twenty five a lot. But Vandermark, he bends well, he moves well, he's athletic, he's pretty, he's decently athletic. I was surprised at how athletic he was for his size. Uh, you know his. PFF stuff you look at, he actually grades better as a pass blocker than a than he does in the run game, which I would not have guessed that if you told me a 6'5", 325-pound guard at Michigan State, I would have assumed like a you know a big road grader guy, but he moves his feet well. He can mirror. Uh, I think, you know, with, with him and and the Wei Wu, I mean, those are guys that have a bunch of reps. Uh, Nwewu's 1,600 snaps, and he's played both right tackle and guard. I think he would definitely be a guard for Oklahoma. You know, he's 6'4", 315, uh, 316, but he's really long-armed when you watch him. Like, that's the thing kind of jumps out. Like, okay, he's he's really long-armed, so I think that's probably why, you know, uh, North Texas is able to play him at, at right guard. And, and you know, on, on the other one, Vandermark, you know, you've got a kid that's played center, and he's played – uh, and, you know, and he's played guard. He's got over 500 snaps uh, in, in the Big Ten against Michigan and Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, who Penn has a, State. That's good. He's good I personnel mean, inside. Yeah, like those three schools right there. He has played against. You know, four, five, six NFL defensive linemen have lined up across from him. You know, in those games, and so you know, I, I think. Those guys would give you competitive depth right out the gate, right? Like we were talking earlier, hey, this if you're going to kick Jake Taylor, if you get a if you get a guard, if you sorry, if you get a tackle in the portal that's kind of come in like a Rouse type that's immediately plug and play. Well, it's okay. You can kick you can t- kick Taylor down to guard and say, okay, let's see if you're one of our best five. You know, and with with Vandermark, same thing, right? It's like, well, hey, we've got a guy that's competitive depth right away. Maybe he can maybe he starts at guard for us. Uh maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's a depth piece. Maybe he starts at center for us. Uh, you know, and and same thing with uh Nuewu. I mean, I'm Nuewu, I wouldn't be shocked if Nuewu was the type of guy that come in and uh he there's some things you watch on tape and it's like a little bit uh from a technical, from his feet standpoint, right, and and some bend, there's some sloppiness, but you watch him and he moves well, and he's long armed. Like you see the traits, you know, and and again, you've said this, right? Like people can say, 
nobody's perfect. And there's things you can look at at Bill and be like, hey, there's years you signed two and you should have been signing five. And there was years you signed four and Oklahoma need to be signing six. The reality is we don't know if that was a Bill Bedenboe decision or if that was a Lincoln-Riley decision. Looking at what how the way Lincoln handles his roster at USC, it's a mess. tend to lean towards say it's probably a Lincoln-Riley decision of believing if I can't sign the five-star and if I can't sign the top kid, I'll just go get a portal guy because that's what he appears he's trying to do, you know. So, but one thing Bill does really good job of is he's coaching guys, right? Developing them, making them players. Like, you know, Tyler Guyton came into Oklahoma and everybody's talking about, oh, here's this, you know, amazing freak of an athlete. What can he be as, as a tackle, right? And he had some hiccups here and there as a, you know, in the run game, right? Getting used to different things, you know, but you watch him in his past sets and it doesn't matter who he's against, Right, he makes everything look unbelievably easy. Well, Jim you know, Nagy, Bill's done a great job with that. Jim Nagy, the Senior Bowl guy, is like, you know, uh, I, you know, I heard him on Sirius XM, and I'm like, oh yeah, that Tyler Guyton guy. Wow, he does. He, I mean, he moves. He, he does things on tape. No, no guy that large should be able to be, be able to do. And I'm like, well, Jim Nagy literally watches hours, and that's all he does. It's, everybody, he, well, everybody, yeah. right? That's all he does, and it's. But to your I mean, point, you, it's, yeah, you yeah, watch Tyler if, if Bill it's, can, it's, it's easy. Yeah. If, if you get Bill can get those guys, at, if he can get the numbers, and again, you know, we're at four high school guys. We think five, which would be perfect, would be, wouldn't be over the top, but it would be, all right, that's good. And then he's got a good, he's already got one guy for next year. There's lots of guys involved there. But if you could get some, if you could hit on, you know, Vandermark, the way Wu and Brown, and that was the three guys you brought in. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's in light of everything. That's 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 a, that's that's a success. So, yeah. All right. So, there's a couple of late portal additions, and we're going to talk a little bit about what happened at Texas A&M this week. So, <laughs> Texas A&M, Mike Elko is having a hard time filling the staff at Texas A&M. A bunch of Duke guys said they didn't want to go to Texas A&M. And, I, and, I'm, and I've been to Durham. I'm not going to imply it's like some wonderland, but it's a nice campus. Duke is a nice area in North Carolina. I, I'm not sure College Station quite matches up with uh, uh, environment-wise. If you're looking for some particular environmental things, I'm sure College Station is perfectly fine, but Elko's having a hard time filling some slots. And then I think in the biggest upset, Elijah Robinson has is leaving. He was the interim coach. He's leaving to go coach with his best friend, Fran Brown, who's the DB coach at Georgia who got the Syracuse job. And Fran Brown's getting a loaded staff. He's got Elijah Robinson coming in as DC. And one of the other issues going on in college football is Coach Prime's having a bad offseason, <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. They're down to, I think, seven high school commits, and he's lost. They've been shedding him. Wild. And he's been losing staff members. The guy he let go, Sean Lewis, has got a brand new head coaching job. At a really good program. At a good program. (laughs) So it's a little bit like everybody in college football said, yeah, Dion, you really don't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, His offensive coordinator, the guy put in place, Pat Shermer. 
seems to have lost both of their high school QB commits. Uh, so anyway, but Nick Williams is there, was their best recruiter, uh, defensive end coach, and he's joining. It looks like he's joining the Syracuse staff. So, but the long story short, most of the D line guys at A and M, if they're not there purely for the incentivized package, was there to play for Elijah Robinson. So he's leaving, which may mean that the flood. I mean, Walter Nolan has already said he's going to go in the portal. I'm not sure if he's actually in the portal yet. I'm not sure OU would be involved. Walter Nolan being in the portal is good. It's, it's like a free for all. It's it's, yeah. it's going to be. USC, Miami, maybe Oregon, and someone's going to offer Walter Nolan, like, I don't know, $4 million for a year? Well, what will be interesting with him is is to see, because he's the best example of how much weight and value will he give to NFL long-term versus... And so maybe success in the field, too, right? Like, I want to actually win. Yeah. I want to actually win. I want to yes. go someplace... My final year in college, I want to go someplace I can win. You know, is he going to put anything to that, or is it purely going to be who has the biggest paycheck? So, yeah. But anyway, so Elijah Robinson's moving on to Syracuse. This may mean something for Dom McKinley opening his recruiting back up. May not. Um, but the first thing that's happened is Lebius Overton is now in the portal. Former five star. Defensive lineman um, from the Georgia area, out in the Georgia, North Metro Georgia area. Uh, his dad, uh, former Sooner uh, Milt Overton, Milton Overton, is a athletic director at a college in Georgia. So he he enrolled, he reclassified and went to Texas A and M during their huge D line haul of twenty of twenty twenty two. He should have been Overton should have been in the twenty twenty three class. Well, that's the first mistake Overton made. He shouldn't have reclassified. Yeah. The second mistake he made was if he was going to reclassify, he should have gone somewhere that didn't already have like six defensive tackles in the class. That was a mistake. Because the Texas A&M's having him play defensive end, and he's not a defensive end. Um, he doesn't have that kind of twitch. He's a D-tackle. So he's now in the portal. Now, he has a connection to Oklahoma through Milton Overton. Um, there was a period of time where some online sources thought that he was going to end up at OU. That, did actually, that didn't pan out. Um, it was a lock. It was a certain dinosaur. Um, all, all, love, all love to him, but a certain dinosaur, robotic dinosaur lover, kind of, kind of, kind of didn't hit the mark on, on, on the Overton situation. All props to him. We love you, but you, you, you got to admit you missed that one. So, Caleb, would you would you throw all in on the Overton Overton round two, or would you would you sit it out and wait to see? Oh, you oh you seems to be sitting and waiting around defensive tackles, to the best of our knowledge. Like they think more is coming. Maybe Overton was part of this, but they think more is coming. Because they haven't made any many offers or or really moving on some guys, so let's just talk about the one guy that's in the portal. Would, would you would you get back into the Overton business if you were OU? No, not not at this time. I just you know, I mean, 
I haven't watched a ton of his stuff as an edge player, right? But I mean, in in two years, and he's and it's and he's played Texas A and M's played him quite a bit, right? So I mean, he's played in in twenty three games. Uh, he's got three tackles for loss, uh, one sack, and that one sack was you know uh, as his, as a true freshman. I just don't like. You, and you talked about it, right? You you touched on maybe not a defensive end. 65265 uh young kid and so you know do we really think it you know he's going to add 30 pounds of of weight you know or 25 pounds of weight of good you know like rocked up weight and kick inside and play as a three technique I don't know. I, I doubt it, right? He's going into his junior year of college, right? Like that's the thing about that junior year. You've got three TF three TFLs, all and and hey, look, all TFLs and that one sack, all of that was from his true freshman year. This past year, played in twelve games, uh, had no tackles for loss, no sacks. Like was not disruptive in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and I know Texas A&M rotated a lot of guys and, and did some things, but you know you, you really couldn't accuse them of not having a good defense, and you couldn't accuse them of not having a good defensive coordinator. So that, it's, it's it's really difficult to sit out there and blame that, you know, on uh, you know on on scheme or on coaching, maybe you'd say Texas A&M was in a ton of tight games and they never, they, you know, didn't have a good season. And so everybody was running the ball a lot. They weren't able to pin their ears back. Lots of things. I just, I mean, you tell me, Chris, do you think he was going to show up and become a stud inside? And if not, do you feel like as an edge rusher, as a defensive end, do you feel like he's going to add a lot to that room, you know, for Oklahoma? I feel like if he, if he had, Entered the portal last year. Yeah. You would take him because of the upside that you could develop. Yep. But and now you've, you're left with two years. You're left with two he years. He does have the red shirt year, but is he going to take a red shirt? He's not going to take a red shirt. Um, yeah. So is he uh, – he's not an end, right? He's just not. He's in a, in, well, I don't know. I mean, looking at him online, like looking at pictures. I mean, he's he's a he's a lean, he's a lean he's, 265. But does he have enough twitch? So he can, does he have enough twitch? I'd, I mean, it, from what I've seen, it does not look like it. He's not. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You've got Nigel. I mean, if if you if you if you're talking just a big defensive end to use it, you know, like a Bothroyd guy, you already have Nigel Smith. And he's got four years of eligibility, um, and you can't yeah. take everyone. Everyone, I like everyone's like, oh, take this guy, take this guy. You cannot take everybody. Um, yep. You know, this is the Apollo thirteen analogy I keep talking about. You know, Gary Sinise is in the in the simulator. You only have so much energy to restart the module. You can't have everything. You got to find the pieces that will fit. So. You know, plus his brother is also leaving A and M, and they're kind of connected. I'm like, that's the that's the thing that throws it in a in a, in a wrench for me, right? Uh, there's just so many moving parts to it because we don't know. Like, does Trace Ford return to Oklahoma? Does he leave? Uh, I think he's you leaving. Know, it's, 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 that's, that that surprises me in that when he signed with Oklahoma, he's or, you know transferred. He said it was about you know NFL development. And, you know, getting healthy and getting developed for the NFL. And, 
you know, maybe he just wants to take a shot and says, I "Hey, think I think, he, I think I can he's go ready. get on." I think he's ready to move on. Yeah, I can go get on and, and try to, you know, he'll play like a three-four outside backer, uh, or you yeah. know, like, it'll be an odd, he'll be an odd front edge. Uh, maybe it's a better way to say it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe in a maybe in a four-down front, maybe you could convince me Lebius Overton could grow in and be a, uh, you know. Uh, a defensive end, a strong side defensive end, you know, like a, a what was his name, a, a Cleveland Farrell type, you know, which that's saying a lot because Farrell was a you know first round draft pick. Uh, I just I don't know that I see the twitch, you know, maybe. Uh, but if you can only take one good enough, if you can only take one defensive end to upgrade the roster. Is it is, yeah. it, is it is it is it LT Overton? I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would not be at the top of the list. You know, like the Florida State kid, Peyton, somebody that you know you're going to be able to put out there is going to give you juice off the edge would be higher up on that list. You know, but sack. You know, I mean, he you, would be, everyone he, keeps complaining he, we got no sacks. Let, yeah, I mean, you know, LT Overton Overton's would be on the not, list, but down it. OT Overton. I mean, and again, we're not we're not talking about like a 15 to 16 player transfer hall here, right? Right. I mean, I yeah. With this class, you want you know, like, look. I think potentially even four offensive linemen. You know, if you had two guys that were like a a Clark and a Spencer Brown, but hey, you both have one year. That's yeah. it. And then you get like a Vandermark and a Nawewu or whatever it is. You've got, hey, two, you've got two years. You've got two years. You know, we can play with that, right? Give, give time. And we can for, make all this work. Give time for um, Ozetta. Guys like Ozetta I, and Bates. I, I, so, and so, uh, Bates to bake. Like, yeah. give them some baking time, right? Just exactly. If you can, if you, know, you can. Uh, and 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 a tight end. I think you've got. They probably need two tight ends. We talked about this today. They you can, look at they it can, and you're going to yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I think McIntyre is a an H flex type. I think he can be a good one, uh, but, but at this point, Caden Helms. He's not like six four two fifty five, and that's what and that's where I say like you know Redmond from from uh, San Diego State. And I, I didn't realize this Redmond from San Diego State. He was a pretty big. He was a, a highly ranked high school kid that signed with Washington. Yeah, yeah. and you know Washington. You know he he played at Washington and then transferred back down closer to home. Like he's a Corona California kid. Went back to San Diego State. He's six six two fifty five. And he he's he moves. He's not a lumbering. He's not no shot at like uh, at Stog. You know, you watch Redmond move and you watch Stog move, and the balance, fluid, and, the fluidity, you know, to move, the, it's, the it's fluid. fluidity to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So if you could get Conyers and a Redmond, then you know, hey, with with Redmond, we've got an inline guy. We've got a guy that can block and catch Conyers. We've got a a guy that, and it, what that also would allow you to do if you wanted to play too tight, which we're all kind of assuming. You were going to see a lot more with Latrell and, J- and Joe John Finley. I mean, you've got a former tight end and fullback, you know, former fullback, and but he coached tight ends a lot. And your tight end coach, those two are now your offensive coordinators. Uh, you'd think you'd see a lot more of it. I mean, right? Joe John and lined would, up with Gresham all day, right? 06, all day. Oh, and, 06, and, 07. It was and, Joe and they John. They used a lot of sets where it was three, right? It was Joe yeah. John, it was Brody, and it was Jermaine. And so, I, you know, what that would give you, assuming, you know, again, Caden Helms, he may be medically retired. I don't, I'm not saying that he is, but it's two years and he, you know, we, uh, we, we, think, need, we need to see something from him before you. You'd like to see him in a uniform. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know? well, I mean, exactly. No knock to the kid. I mean, he's had a knee injury. The knee injury needed more work. It's, I'm sure it's as frustrating to him as anybody. But. 
The fact but even, of the matter even is, taking two, yeah, yeah. You think about this. Even if you took Conyers and Redmond in a perfect world, right? In a perfect world, you could land both. You would still be looking at a scenario where if you're going to play two tight ends, right? You're too deep at those two slots is a red, a, a true sophomore and McIntyre behind Conyers, and a true freshman and Davon Mitchell behind Redmond. So you're still thin. You know, so yeah, I, yeah but that's, that's why that's, I think that's another spot. So you, you do. don't, you don't have room to just take a jag at defensive end. Well, you, if you take, well, a, take defensive a guy, end, take a flyer that you can develop this guy, right? Like, okay, yeah, we can if we bring him in and we can put 20, 25 pounds on him, we can move him inside, and he's athletic ability plays better inside. That that'll work. Be like, okay, but you. you you're not taking some other guy, so all right. Yeah. So speaking of trying to add things and trying to make all things match, we think OU's down three running backs. Raheem and Andy Bass sadly probably isn't the factor we think he's going to be next fall because you'd like to redshirt him, right? You want that rehab to have a redshirt, right? I mean, let's just be honest. It's December and he just tore his knee. I don't want to see him doing anything but redshirting next year, right? Off of meniscus. And uh, yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree. You, yeah, you don't want to just, just shut it down. Don't worry about it. Just get right. Don't rush him. Don't right. Because we don't need to rush him. Get right. So Raheem Sanders, the rocket, hit the portal. Um, my super secret pig sources, um, uh, uh, the, the, Bay of, the Bay of Pig Watch team that, that were – to use the old Muppet to steal the Muppet Show uh, reference. Uh, uh, so uh, the Bay of Pig Watch team has informed me they think he's heading to, to FSU. So we'll see if they're right. I don't know if they're right, but we'll see. But He is a Florida kid, yeah. I thought he was a Texas kid. No, Raheem's a, he's a Florida kid. Okay, all right. Had that wrong. Okay. Um, Which he could have likely been a Sooner, but the previous staff wanted him as a defensive player. Yeah, well, you know. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, you know. Somehow they looked at some, – this is the staff that looked at uh, – uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name, the Jets, Ohio State guy, Wilson. Um, oh, Garrett Wilson? Somehow they looked at Garrett Wilson and decided the other three guys they got, one who robbed a drug dealer, um, oh, man. was better than the guy – than Garrett Wilson, so – Okay. Yeah. Jaden right. Hazel with Theo Weiss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't need you. We don't need you. We don't need Garrett Wilson. No, we don't need a five. We don't need a, an NFL. The guy's got a 10 year NFL career. The only thing impacting his stats is going to be the fact that Jets are just cursed at quarterback. So, all right. But on to other topics. So, w- would you offer Raheem Sanders? Would you make an offer right now? I mean, he, he was yeah, beat he's up. probably the one. He was beat up last year. A bad this year. Sorry, this year. His last year, 2022, great stats. Impact guy, K.J. Jefferson, they made that that pig offense run. This year, yeah, he was no. banged up, and a big reason why their offense was sort of stuck in the mud. Yeah, no, he had, you know, fourteen over 1,400 yards rushing as a sophomore in the SEC. And so, I mean, from that perspective, you know, I – he would be the type of running back that I would offer. And we can talk a little bit about this. You know, uh, we can talk some about in the next in the next 
piece, but you know, you've, you've got Taylor Tatum coming in, right? So you don't want to scare him off, but Raheem would be uh, a one year rental. He's going to come in. He's got one year to go. He's going to be a senior. Uh, I, I think unless he only played in four games this year, that's maybe a possibility, but I think he may have played in more, but he's likely a one year guy. He'd be the type you would go, you, you would, you would go get, uh, you know, just because of what he could potentially give you. And he's a different type back than the others on campus. At minus, you know, we haven't seen, we haven't seen Caleb Hicks. He's a, and he's a thick specimen. So maybe he's, he's not 6'2", you know, he, 242. No, he's not. And, and, and they call him Rocket for a reason. He can really run Sanders, you know. So, I mean, he, he absolutely would be the type of back you would go, you would go try to get. Would, you know, be interesting to see where Florida State lands with him. That's where he's heading. Like I said, I have pigs. I have, I have resources that feel like they know what's going on in pig land. We'll see. Because it feels like it feels like Florida State with their NIL dollars, they probably need to be spending more on a quarterback than they do running another, back. Another piece, yeah, yeah. Um, they got the crow, they take. got the crow and hick kid coming in, but they need a they need a bridge between. Oh, well, oh. it's not just my take. It's de- it's the take of all the guys on the uh, committee for the playoff. Committee. That's true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that this was that that's a yeah. Let's not open that wound for any any FSU fans listening to this podcast. We 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 feel we feel for you guys. Um, you got screwed, maybe for the right reason, but you still got screwed. All right, Caleb. Of the guys in the portal that I haven't really mentioned or we've not really discussed, is there one or two names that are leaping out at you where you're like, please, OU, offer, offer now, please, OU, offer? It's That's difficult because I we don't really know who they've offered and who they've not. All right, but we'll just right. we'll go off. We'll go off. Generally speaking, I mean, the Walter, guys, if, is Walter Nolan in the portal? I don't think he is, no. Not yet. Okay, I mean it's only been it's only been uh, rumored that he's that he's in the portal. No, he's he's, he's, he would he's be... given guys quotes. I am portaling. He's not okay. He's, well, not, you... he's not officially in there yet. Now maybe he needs to like maybe he's maybe someone at A and M said, "Hey, you got to play the bowl game, dude, before you get your final check uh, out the door." I don't know. Um, I don't know how that works. Um, uh, maybe they told him they got really great bowl gifts because you know. They get you know like a thousand twelve hundred bucks in bowl gifts from the bowls the bowl committees, um, you know spending money cards you know gift cards you know yeah. whatever I don't know maybe he needs that I don't know why he would but maybe he does, um, so I don't know he's not yet in the portal but um, he's and we don't know that OU hasn't kicked the tires on that and he hasn't come back and said yeah sorry I mean. Tennessee's the obvious name. I've heard Texas thrown around a little bit. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, he – putting Walter and Nolan aside, because if Walter calls calls Todd Bates and says, there's a deal to be made, I, I want to be coached by you, I want you to make me a first-round draft pick, I, I think OU would be like, all right, let's, 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 talk, let's talk turkey. But um, – well, the one guy I would say potentially in which position we just talked about, which would be edge defensive end, would be uh, Duke player R.J. Oban. And it's just, you know, 6'4", 255, long, 
kind of looks like PJ in that regard, right? Like, you know, uh, he's he's a veteran guy. He, he's not the, he's, he's not he's the he's defensive be, tackle, right? Not the people. The, no, not the other. No, okay. You'd, he's a he's a defensive end. Okay. He's. I mean, I'll, I mean, pull. I think he's. Um, guys, I can pull stats up for him. But uh, yeah, so. He was a, uh, you know, so he's got, he's using his COVID year, going to go somewhere else. And obviously Elko's gone to AM. I haven't seen any chatter on Oban, but, you know, I mean, he's got 18 and a half TFLs really over the last three seasons uh, and, and 13 and a half sacks, again, over just the last three seasons, you know, because uh, COVID, they do barely played any games. And then he, you know, he, he redshirted his first year. So in just three seasons, he could be a guy that would be able to come in and, uh, you know, I think Oklahoma's going to need some some help at defensive end, right? I mean, okay, we've talked a little bit about this. One of the hopes I think everybody wanted to see, and it would be like, I don't know if it's a, right, the right, the correct word to use here would be a disappointment that. And I know late in the year, PJ had a big, uh, you know, brace on his left arm, right? So he maybe he maybe if he hurt his elbow, which clearly is what it looked like. But we, the defensive we thought, end position we as, as a group, RMT yeah, was hurt all as a, RMT was hurt all uh, year, right? The ankles killed his development. He, he started playing. He started playing more late. You know, the thing that was concerning is the exact same thing that happened in 2022. Occurred in 2023 is once Oklahoma got to the meat of conference, TFLs and sacks fell off. Now the defensive, now the linebackers were still getting TFLs, and there were some defensive tackles like Coe had some moments, and we were getting some defensive tackle TFLs. But from a defensive end perspective, what was scary is, you know, Oklahoma started to lose lose the edge some in the run game, whether it was Kansas or UCF. Yeah. For Oklahoma State, they struggled on the edge in the run game. They weren't holding the edge. And we all know from a pass rush perspective, that fell off. And I think, like, you know, to be like point blank, like Miguel Chavis has to figure out why his unit, or maybe, maybe it ain't Miguel Chavis has got to figure it out. Maybe Brent Venables has to figure out why Miguel Chavis's unit hits this brick wall. You know, in the middle of the season, as Oklahoma gets into like the meat of it, and so like that was a concerning thing. Is I think you would say like, you know, PJ is all this talent, all this raw ability. What he needs is he needs reps, right? Like he's like it's great. You know, he just needs to get once he gets it filled out, he'll flash. Once he starts to figure it out, he'll take over. And what's concerning is it was like, okay, how come like the more reps he's gotten, he looks more confused. He looks slower out there. He's not doing certain things. Like, what's going on? Is he thinking too much? Like this concern of like, why isn't he flashing late in the year? And so, you know, you know, might need an edge guy. If if you're telling me, if you're telling me, uh, you know, Ford uh, is gone to the. To the I, NFL, I don't know that, but I think I think it. he is. Yeah, and, and you know, Bothroyd is as well. Yeah, you know, uh, you're left with you know. Uh, what that puts Ethan Downs as your as your primary guy, and you're going to be playing uh, a true sophomore in PJ. That's all the talent in the world, but again, he you wouldn't say that he flashed a bunch this year. He did early, you know. You saw the twitch and like, oh man, he's got that ability to get that edge. As the season wore on, you're like, where is he? Yeah, and, it seemed and, like in the you know, like November hit. All of a sudden, they 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 got a little. They, you know, we saw a little bit of what they'd done before. They they reduced the rotations a little bit. They got a little conservative. Yeah. 
um, starting to rely on the veterans a little bit too much, playing Stutz too much. Um, yeah, he did. He and Stutzman looked worn out. Looked uh, worn out. Just relying just, on linebackers, they had they started relying, I think, too much on pressure packages and blitz packages in order to get. Really, I mean, you know, in some ways they were running like you know run blitzes as well to to get TFLs, you know, and stunts up front, and they were having to do that. Just you weren't seeing, you know, from a defense end, you know, like what they're going to return next year is you know PJ, R. Mason Thomas, and Ethan Downs. You know, uh, Reggie Grimes played a couple snaps this year. Marcus Stripling played. He's in the portal. Stripling's out of eligibility. Um, out of eligibility. Trace Ford's likely gone, and and Bothroyd's gone. You know, Bothroyd played over 500 snaps. Uh, Trace Ford played over 300. Ethan Downs played just under under 500. So you're losing if you're losing. You know, and uh, and and Stripling was you know 130. So if you're losing Bothroyd, Ford, you know, Stripling's gone. You're losing, you know, 900 snaps there almost. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I I. I do wonder if what they think they get they might get from Taylor Wine is a redshirt freshman, and they're obviously bringing in three talented freshmen who all win roll early. So yeah, we you know Danny Okoye, and you know he'll he'll come in and give you some juice right away. And Wyatt Gilmore is a big physical kid. And that Nigel I think Smith, physically can, Nigel Smith again, big Nigel, physical. Yeah. So it's it's they've got some. I can see if you but can, if you can do, get do some, you really want to be you know hoping that a true freshman. You want to be left hoping that a true freshman can contribute in your first year in a new conference where the competition is going to be ratcheted up a little bit. Maybe not in terms of like Alabama will be the best team Oklahoma faces next year or Texas. See, it's a funny one. Everybody's like, ah, oh, it's going to be so difficult. It's like, well, I watch Texas kick Alabama and head in the dirt. It's, and it's don't Tuscaloosa. tell me Alabama is different. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to tell me Alabama is this different team, yet they trailed in the second half against six of their opponents and they needed a Hail Mary to beat. I mean, it's – anyway, I'm not going to go down that tangent at this time. But a stati- it, a statistically but, like champ one, you know, one and, you know, you know, one in 5,000 completion pass in the end zone. I mean – yeah. I mean, it wasn't like fourth, it wasn't the, fourth the, and five the from Anna, the five, right? It was fourth, fourth and, and 32. 32. I mean, um, my There's former a, buddy the, was the just, analytics. Yeah. Have you seen the analytics at the, the, the snap at, at the start of that snap? Chance of victory. Auburn the, had a 99. Chance, yeah. yeah. Auburn had a 99.9% chance of winning the game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you that, you know, if look, if you could find a rush end with some real juice who gets to the quarterback, yeah, who upgrades the roster, but, a lot of what I'm seeing is like, grab that guy, grab that guy. I'm like, look, we don't have the numbers to do this. If you grab yeah. this guy, you can't grab the next guy, right? So you got to think about what you're doing. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I would see if you could find a defensive end who gives you some real juice, then yeah, I, I got no I, problem with that. But I would say this. I think this year make is Make sure a, it is someone a- that can really do it. Like, you know, don't, don't. This is why Overton doesn't fit the defensive end spot, right? He's just he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a college sack. Yeah, that's yeah, and so like that's the thing I would say. This year is going to be a good example of uh, the staff needing to have some uh, some good evaluations from like you know, they got to approach like an NFL team and like free agencies just hit, and you've got to be getting good evals on these guys and, and find, you know, find somebody because Oklahoma will need somebody to come in and help and contribute. Yeah, Cause I was having this argument with somebody and they were like, well, take this guy. I'm like, Oh, and by the way, 
Don McKinley might be back in play. Well, what are you going to do if that happens? Yeah. And they're like, well, that doesn't matter. That's high school. I'm like, 85 is 85, guys. I mean, we can blow through the 25 number all we want, but 85 is 85, and it's not going anywhere. Right. So, and now, can you? Am I fine with being over in spring and and some and some um, procedural uh, cuts occur post spring with some kids? Okay, um, that's not the way Bob really ran things. Um, uh, who knows what Lincoln was doing with our roster? It was just such a mess. I, I won't even go on and kind of project to predict that. But you know, but also. If you're over in spring and you want to get, and there's a couple of portal spots you think you need, then that also increases the guys that have got to go. So it's like, at some point, you're going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul with the roster. And, you know, yeah. you need to start cutting guys that some of us might be like, well, that's a really interesting young guy. We can't cut him. Right. But maybe there's a guy like maybe a guy like Kyle Kennard. You know, there's a big defensive end out of out of Georgia Tech. Yeah. You know, uh, he's had 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 a good year this past year. He's in the portal. Yeah, I mean, there's a because Oklahoma's going to need some juice. Yeah, so that's that's the interesting the interesting spot to to maybe look at. So and we're only I mean, there's thirty there's thirty sorry there's twenty eight more days of this. <laughs> so that's the interesting thing is I wonder is how many kids, you know, because it was uh, last year and I don't know, you know, if, if Georgia clearly doesn't have like a bunch of guys with juice, I guess, on the edge to be edge rushers. But it was last year that Georgia, like the week that couple of days after they had a bunch of kids hop in the portal. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I am, I am interested yeah, to see the what it's going to look the championship, like. The championship duo. They won't. Their players won't have a chance to play in the championship game and hit the portal. They won't. Yeah. Which is, you know, or they or they could portal, but can you really portal and be be also thinking about playing in a national championship game? That's a that's an interesting case of cognitive dissonance. If you can pull that off. Hey, I'm leaving <laughs> y'all, but let's go win this thing. What? <laughs> you know. So, um, but we'll see. But so this this still. I mean. There's still time coming. Kids can play ball games. I mean, depending upon where they want to go, because I mean that's when the portal closes. But you can get, you know, as long as you're in by the by January third, you I mean, then you just got to figure out getting enrolled somewhere. That's and that and that can take the you know you've got three weeks in June in sorry in January to make that happen. So right. So oh, you could be we could be like, what the hell is OU doing? What the hell is OU doing? You're like. Oh, and some guy leaps in and like they're like, oh, okay, that's who they're. That's what and you know, and OU pulls them in, and that's like what they're doing. So, that the classic name here is, of course, my friend uh, Smavitz Mix. So, um, <laughs> who uh, Todd Bates was was doing a recruiting visit with a cornerback, uh, visiting Hicks's dad at Katie Paytow. So you're saying? No, I'm not saying anything. But why is Todd Bates visiting a school where uh, making a cornerback visit? I yeah, just, you guys can ponder that. When J- Jay Valai is perfectly fine, he's not in- incapable of visiting schools. He's flying all over the country looking at cornerbacks. So, 
so just factor that. Just, just you know, that that, that was reported by Suda Scoop first, I believe. If it was OU Insider, I apologize, but I think Scoop had it first. Um, that's the Twitter action I saw. So we'll we'll see what happens. But Heather, we'll be back next week. I'm sure we'll have more portal nonsense to talk about. Maybe we'll have some portal commitments to talk about, which would be which would certainly be better than talking about the 50 names in there that we don't think OU is going to bother recruiting. One last thing, I would I don't think OU needs a portal wide receiver. So that eliminates about of the 4,000 kids in the portal total, that eliminates about 2,500 of them. Uh, um, it, it's it, the portal is literally infested with wide receivers. I mean, it is it's, it's wild. It's crazy. Someone someone said, "Oh, you should grab this guy. He got he had like a thousand yards last year." I'm like, "Yes, they're like." 900 guys in the portal had 1,000 yards last year at wide receiver. It's like, it's, it's, it's insane. So, and some of the guys just haven't, you know, we talked about that, right? Like there's a, the, the kid who was considered maybe the top portal wide receiver was a kid from Arizona that went to USC. And, you know, and he had like 200 yards receiving this year or something. You know, it was, it was just kind of an afterthought for USC. And, and and you see the the kind of year Arizona's had. It's it's not always uh, greener on the other side. And then you look at Andrew Anthony, who if he had not blown his knee out, I think he has a thousand yards for you. And he had like two hundred career yards for Michigan before OU picked him yeah. up, right? See, and then Brennan. See, that's a really good example of like you know of of them scouting and looking for. His, uh, you know, how to his traits, yeah. right? Like six two, whatever one ninety. He can run for days, really explosive. Like, okay, well, what he is really fits with what we do. And Michigan, you know, doesn't want to play that type of game, but we do. So he really fits with us. I think it's that's where you, you have to be a little bit careful. I think with wide receivers, probably of looking at like what is his stats. Let's go get him. He's a great player because. You know, uh, things look at like Jaron Bradley from Tech. You know, it was like 800 yards or whatever it was, you know, 900, you know, whatever it was last year in 2022. It was, hey, here's this amazing receiver. Well, you know, it was a different offense a little bit, right? It had had quarterbacks, different quarterbacks. They were just doing different things. No, I mean, Jones. Do that. You know, Emmett Jones, you come out this year and you look at it and it's like, okay, well, he had 300 yards or whatever it was, like 400. And it's like, well, you know, Jaden Gibson had more, had the same number of touchdowns, a couple, like literally just a few less yards and averaged like twice the amount of uh, yards per catch. So, yeah, it can, you know, scheme matters, particularly for wide receivers. Well, my last note of that was there was a there was a mistype on a, on somebody posted on X that a guy had 923 receptions. Uh, it's, <laughs> he's, he inverted yards and receptions. I'm like, man, that guy is just absolutely productive. I mean, you got to sign that guy if nothing else, because I mean, he's getting like 90 catches a game. How could that be bad, right? I mean, it's <laughs> that production's just incredible. Um, so. All right, so that's the end of this uh, recruiting part of it. We did a part two recording as well. We're going to do that and talk about some team stuff. So two different podcasts for you to enjoy this week, two different themes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Chris Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at CM underscore Sooners360. Caleb and I are on the Sooners360.com message board. Please subscribe so you can interact with us and get all the opinions on who you should be offering, not offering, uh, you, and you can hear us come, and also we're starting to do some bowl breakdowns and 
and talk talk about what's going on with the Sooners and the Alamo Bowl in Arizona. So, and we're going to have you all over signing day. And uh, from a, from that standpoint, with lots of information for you guys. So please give us a listen and, and uh, give us a chance. So thanks everyone for uh, listening and enjoy your week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.